This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. And welcome to another edition of 4H4 YouTube Podcast. I'm your host, John Long. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. Kobe, how are you doing today? Good for a Friday the 13th. And a full moon. That's right. It's going to be a wild night. Hoping that we get a good uh, victory over Kansas State this weekend. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. So Let's get, let's get there. we got to get there first. That's right. Got any uh, superstitions you're... Uh... You know, I'm not really superstitious about anything, to be honest with you. Really? No, That's not really. I mean, I do X out black cats when they cross the road. On I do too. Shield. Yeah, and now, reverse X white cats. I don't know why I do that. I don't know. It's just the way I was brought up, I guess. Maybe so. My my, my folks are probably more superstitious, I guess. Hmm. Well, we've got two uh, special guests with us today, and Kobe, I'm going to let you introduce uh, who we have with us. So this morning we have Dr. Brandy Karsh and Dr. Josh Maples with us, and we'll let them tell a little bit, bit about themselves. I'm Brandy Karish. I am the State Beef Cattle Extension Specialist here at Mississippi State, and I'm excited to be joining y'all today. We're, we're happy to have you. Yeah. yeah, and I'm Josh Maples. I'm a livestock economist and just commodity economist here at Mississippi State, and uh, thanks for having me on the program this Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Now, let me ask y'all, do y'all have any superstitions? Brandy, do you have any? Oh, I'm sure there's lots of little little quirks, but none of them directly related to Friday the 13th. I okay. mean, you, you know, you can't walk under a ladder. That's right. bad luck. That's bad luck, for sure. Yeah. So. I never do that. I, I just don't think it's a smart thing to do in the first place. No. I mean, especially if somebody's on it. That's right. Yeah. Josh, how about you? Do you got any superstitions? Yeah, most of mine are sports related. So if my okay. team is doing really bad and then I walk away and they start doing really good, uh-huh. I don't watch them. And so I, really? if. Okay. I think it's all, you know, it's all on whether I'm watching or not. It's right. what's causing them to do better. Exactly. exactly. We have the same thing in our house, but sometimes you have to go change shirts also. Yeah, that's true. If your team is losing and you change shirts. <laughs> 2014, you know, Dak, the Dak's, I guess, junior year when we were so good, right. I wore the same shirt for every single game. Did you really? And it worked out until the very end, you know. Yeah. But, um, of course. Yeah. So, well, go ahead. Go so ahead. Josh and Brandy, I used to work real close with them when I was over in the Animal Dairy Science Department. Mm-hmm. And they're actually thinking about starting their own podcast about the beef cattle industry. Well, don't let us run you off from doing one. <laughs> okay? Because we have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's one it's, we, we really do enjoy it. So I encourage you, if you're, you're interested in doing one, please, let it, hey, let us be special guests. Yeah, maybe this will be a launch board for yeah, them. That's right. That's right. And I don't that, know what we're going to talk about. We don't even have a name yet, so oh, we're yeah. very starting stages All here. Right. So well, I think you'll find it informative yeah. for your for your uh, what clientele, I guess. Go ahead. So Brandy grew up in 4-H in Louisiana. Is that right? That's correct. What parish? Ascension Parish. Where so, where is that located? Then? So we're halfway between Baton Rouge and New Orleans on mm-hmm. the. I'm actually on the west side of the river in Ascension Parish. So okay. the Mississippi River splits Ascension Parish, and my little hometown of Donaldsonville is the only one on the west bank. Oh, cool. We just got back from uh, New Orleans and went to Chalmette. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. I yeah. hope you ate good while you were there. Oh, did we, we, we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> we talk about food a lot on this yes, episode. Yes, we do. Yeah, especially when we got back from New Orleans. That's all we talked about. For about two weeks. Yeah, that's right. And Josh grew up in the FA program in Alabama. 
Okay, so tell me where where in Alabama? So Limestone County, Alabama, not too far from where Kobe's from. Okay, and uh, yeah, so I grew up mostly in FFA. It was just a little bit bigger in the county that mm-hmm. I was in, mm-hmm. uh, but did participate in 4-H as Good. as a younger high right. school student, middle school student. Now, what did you do in 4-H? So in 4-H, it was mostly just. Uh, you know, the middle school type stuff. So right. I didn't show or anything like that, right. but uh, just kind of the, the leadership training cool. at, at early stages. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I was not. I was never in 4-H until I came here, and I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> and now John is a shooting sports guru. Yeah, well, 4-H safety. Not shooting sports. Oh, that's right. I always forget <laughs> how that. How dare you say that? I know. <laughs> that's right. Well, we've got a lot of things going on in 4-H right now, and I know Brandy's got a lot coming up with the state fair activities and with uh, youth livestock shows at the fair. Uh, Brandy, tell us a little bit about how why you think that those type of activities are important to 4-Hers, like showing cattle and showmanship and anything kind of involved with that. Kobe, I'm a pretty proud product of uh, the livestock program, the 4-H livestock program. You know, I tell people, I, I do beef cattle for fun, and I do beef cattle for a living, and I grew up doing beef cattle, so I guess that's that's about all I know how to do. So <laughs> I really hope nothing happens to take that away from me. But, you know, not only are we growing cattle with these programs, we're growing kids. And I right. think that's something that's so important. Those kids that we see grow up through the livestock program, not only is there research that shows that those kids that go out and play in the dirt have stronger immune systems and stay healthier, um, but those kids are the ones that are growing up to be leaders when they go on uh, later in life, when they go into college and when they get into careers. And, you know, we hear constantly from companies all over the place that they look for those type of experiences Mm -hmm. that prove those kids know how to work. They wake up every morning and those cattle get fed or those livestock projects get fed before they do. They get brought in before daylight, before they get ready to go to school most days. And then when they get off the bus in the evenings, it's straight to the barn to take care of those animals and, and do those things. And then on top of that, learning that hard work, you get to go out and have fun and meet lots of right. friends that you know you might not be connected to because they might not live close by. You know, I have friends all across the country that I talk to on a regular basis that I grew up showing cattle with and that I'm good friends with because of that program. So it's something that I can't speak highly of enough. Right. It's it's so much, and we always say this too, but it just seems like uh, what you're saying is that it, it for a uh, 4-H expands it's not just about showing livestock it's about developing that that young person and that you can't emphasize that enough and i think a lot of people miss that based on uh, just the competitive side of it and that's sad because you understand that we're making leaders for tomorrow and yeah. some people just miss that and i think is whether it's showing cattle or uh, competing in safety events or even athletics yes. you know the underlying goal of that is to to make better people right you know, when I was growing up, uh, Louisiana 4-H has a, a program that when I was growing up, it was called 4-H Short Course. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely, it's, it's called something different now. I think it's called 4-H-U is what they call it. Um, and one of the projects that I did every year was a soybean illustrated talk. 
Um, I know nothing <laughs> Sounds about. Sounds fantastic. I know nothing about soybeans, <laughs> but I'm competitive enough that by God, I worked really hard and I got up there and I did my soybean illustrated talk and I got my medal and I was really excited about that. <laughs> so just goes to show you can expand your horizons right, right, right. doing things beyond your area of expertise in 4-H. And it's amazing that the catalog of things that we have available for you too. I think that's just awesome. I'm, Josh, I think you got roped into helping with a 4-H contest this year at Club Congress, didn't you? The consumer judging? Did you help the with that? consumer judging, yeah, that's right. That was the first time. I didn't even know that a contest existed. I, mm-hmm. I should have. But after I started helping out with it a little bit this year, it was really cool. It helped, or I guess it kind of trained students or helped students learn how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really wasn't ag-related. It, was, uh, it was more of just making choices and kind of economic thinking and I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was great for the students, and they were very active and involved, and, uh, yeah, I had a great experience with it. That's actually one of our largest contests at, that we do all year, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yeah, I can believe it. There yeah. were a lot of students. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was impressive. And it's got kind of a wide-range appeal that appeals to all 4-Hers. Like, if they're everybody, everyone's going to shop for groceries or consumer-type products, clothing, and it's just got a, a, a big appeal to it. Are you okay? Yeah, I did. I just okay. banged my knee. Did you okay. hear that? Yeah. I think I heard we the heard bone that. break over here. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, we were talking about that earlier, how these mics pick up everything. That jam Kobe, my knee. Kobe's <laughs> the one making all the rackets. That's right. Come on. Set the example. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a cool contest for sure. Yeah, and I think, and Brandy kind of pointed to it earlier, but that's one of the best things about 4-H is just the breadth of things that you can do. and. Right. You know, it's great for students to do stuff that they're not used to, kind of like the soybean thing Brandy mentioned. Mm-hmm. And this consumer judging may not be anything that anybody had ever thought about. Um, but, you know, even if you are mostly have done cattle, you're raised on a cattle farm, you know, being have, have the chance to step out and do some of this other stuff, you know, it helps you going forward. You know, right. You're going to you're going to be exposed to all these things in the future. And the earlier you can get exposed, the better off you're going to be. You know, and so, a lot of people, I'm sorry, Brandy, you going to say something? I was going to say, we definitely see the difference in those kids when they get to college and they get involved in classes. And, you know, one of the things that most kids dread when they get to college is having to do that presentation yeah, right. up in front of a group. Oh, it's the and worst. you can tell those kids that were involved in programs like 4-H that, you know, not only did they have that experience getting to compete, but, you know, they're used to talking to people and they're comfortable talking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very respectful, very respectful, mm-hmm. I think, is probably the biggest thing that I take away from that. Um, and you can really see the difference in those kids when they get up in front of a college classroom. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, sure. I agree with that. And I, I would add to it that also, you know, just dealing with challenges, you know, you can see in class, class, you know, you might give students an assignment they've never seen anything like before right. and puts them out of their comfort zone a little bit. The students who have participated in 4-H and have some of these leadership skills from an early age, uh, you can just they, they just take it in stride. You right. know, it's a lot easier for them to adjust, and it's not just, a, it, you know, they're not just in a textbook-minded or, or textbook mindset. You know, they, they can handle things that – don't necessarily fit on a piece of paper. That's right. And uh, I'll go back to kind of tag off what Brandy said, too, is that I, I've often had people uh, ask me, you know, what, what should my child be involved in? Or which one would you think? I said, well, number one, ask the child what they would like to do. And then, you know, try it. It's not, it's not set in stone that yeah. you have to do one thing, you know. You try it. And that's the reason we have so many programs, because it's about the hook that we use to get the child 
to be developed. And it's also a good point, a part or point to say that another thing is, is they're exposed to an activity with a uh, caring adult, which they have as a mentor, I guess you could say, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like that part, too. I think it's important, yeah. whether it be an agent or a volunteer. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think our agents are super special to our 4-Hers, but the volunteers that they have a chance to interact with are usually leaders in the community, people that they can certainly look up to from a, a career readiness standpoint. There's a lot of, of good things going on there. You know, my husband and I both grew up in the 4-H livestock program, and that's something that we always try to do is volunteer to help give back. You know, not everybody grew up around livestock. Not everybody knows everything, but there's kids that really get excited about it and they want to get involved and those are the kids that we really want to help be it you know we've put on some show and chip clinics or helped with the cattlemen's association has put on you know where we go through everything about how to feed your animal showmanship how to train them to get ready for the show um and and watching those kids as you go through and seeing kind of that light bulb moment where you know, let's face it, I've got a four-year-old and an eight-month-old. Well, I guess he's nine months old now. Oh, God bless Gosh. you. Gosh, <laughs> he's nine months old Are, y'all, earlier sleep, this are week. y'all sleeping through the night? We sleep sometimes. Okay, We yeah. sleep sometimes. That's what I figured. Um, <laughs> but more often than not, it's easier for them, especially the four-year-old, to listen to somebody other than mom or dad. Right. So right. having those good leaders and those good volunteers that will be good role models for those kids growing up, I think is invaluable. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, one of the things that when I'm talking about kids, I tell mine, look, if you want to do livestock, that's fine, but you're going to have to find somebody else to teach you because I know nothing other than they make good hamburgers. That's it. <laughs> oh, and we get a good glass of milk, but that's pretty much it. But I'm willing to learn. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, when I think about where I want reason to be with 4-H, you know, I sure hope he, he picks up the livestock skills. What but, are you going to do if he doesn't? You know, I'll be okay with it, I guess. We'll just put him, make him go to the barn and do chores. <laughs> I see I, I see the concern in your uh, um You know, I, I think that when he starts out with 4-H, which is six or seven years from now, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still two and a half, but I think that I'm going to have the same approach my parents did, that if he wants to have a livestock project, he can um, but he's also going to have to do other things as well. He can't mm-hmm. just show livestock. So my parents made me do everything from, um, I say made, they didn't make me start off with like cookie cook-off and public speaking and all that stuff. So yes, yes. it was kind of, I got a big view approach of, to 4-H right. early on because they made me. Yeah, but cool. I was thankful for that for sure. Kobe, my first uh, my first 4-H event was a, a cake baking contest. I remember that. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I can't remember which grade I was in, but I think that was a big thing in Alabama. That's how they got you hooked it, into 4-H. Right. Food. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the teachers wanted to eat, so they made their fifth graders bake something. Yeah, everybody bring in cake today. Well, uh, <laughs> that's some very brave teachers to volunteer to eat cakes made by a whole class oh, full of fifth yes. graders. <laughs> yes. I think we've got some pretty interesting stories on cook-offs, don't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But keep on trying. Get better. That's, uh, that's what we do. So You know, Brandy, Texas, one of their largest events now, I, I, I mentioned Texas because that's where her husband's from, mm-hmm. the kind of backstory and where Brandy went to school. But they've got a great American food challenge that they say is going to be their largest event for 4 H soon. 
And I mean, that's something that ties in, I think, so well to what they see, you know, Food Network, you know, all those oh, cooking shows yes. and everything like that. People eat those things up. They I mean, do. they're not like me. I could sit there and watch home improvement shows and fantasize about how I want to remodel my house. But, right. you know, cooking shows, you know, you just sit there and are hungry all day long. And I think that's something that's really important, especially when you tie in the nutrition aspect to it right. as well. Um, so not only are they learning how to make things with those ingredients, they're learning how to make healthy dishes with those ingredients that they can take back home. And I think that's something that's really exciting to a lot of kids that might not necessarily have thought 4-H was for them. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, in Mississippi right now, only 6% of our 4-Hers claim to live on farms or ranches. And to me and my programmatic approach to that, I think, well, we need to offer programs that those kids are interested in. But it's also very important for us to offer programs to the 94% to teach them about what's going on on the farms and ranches. Uh, so if we can tie a project area like food that they're interested in, tie it back to agriculture some way and say, hey, this is where that ground beef came from. This is the story behind that steer that produced that ground beef. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be our ticket here in Mississippi. For sure. Whether it's with agriculture or with natural resources or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an important part of all of our lives. So what have y'all got coming up? Y'all got anything uh, throughout the year that y'all, basically programs and things like that? Have you got anything coming up, Randy? So we've got a fun program coming up that's called Beef 101. Um, It actually started as I had a cattle producer that came up to me one day and said, I know everything that I can know about how to process a deer in the field. But I know nothing about how to process this beef animal that I raise. How does he get from that animal that leaves my farm to that steak that ends up on somebody's table. So on November 2nd, and we're actually opening up our brand new meat and muscle biology laboratory here on campus, and we're going to invite producers in, and we're going to go through that process. So we're going to take everything and walk through that facility and show producers. Um, We're not going to have any live animals that we're going to harvest, but we're going to have them break down a carcass. So they get to play butcher for the day. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't think we're going to have any meat for them to take home, but we're going to have a a pretty cool branded uh, knife that they can take home. So this is actually the second time that we've done that program and the feedback that we've gotten from it has been something that's, that's been really good. So we're looking forward to having that program again. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So we're Fall after a farm bill comes out is a busy time. We're doing our farm bill rollout. Mm Sign-up period starts. uh, So producers are having to make decisions about uh, how to enroll their their acres and their crops into the new farm bill. And so that's Mm -hmm. that's a big thing. We're we're hitting most of the state over the next three months. Wow. uh, Yeah, so it's, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. You know, every five years you can expect a fall to be pretty full. Right. Uh, and so that just happens to be this fall. Sounds like you got to cover the state. It's going to be busy. It, yeah. it probably will be. A lot of it, miles. N- not as many changes this time as last time, so yeah. there won't be as uh, it won't be as bad. Hopefully, okay. well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we got a good topic to we cover for our first podcast. Oh, how yeah. do you make the how to make the farm bill work for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well. Um, if they want to find more information about um, 4-H and 4-H uh, in their area, um, adults and youth, Kobe, where can we go to uh, – can they get that information from? 
So the first place that you should go to find out information about 4-H or any of our extension-related programs is our website, which is extension.msstate.edu, or you can contact any of our county offices. We have a county office located in every single county in the state of Mississippi and find out information from your county agent. And I, one thing I love about our website is the fact that if you don't know who's in your county, they have a drop-down menu, and you can click on, like, say, if it was Octobal County. It shows all the staff, and it has all the contact information, and that's on the right side of that page. So that's always a helpful way. I think I use that more than anything. But, y'all, we would uh, – Brandy, Josh, we thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we wish you the best in all that y'all are doing. Thank you for what you do, and keep up the good work. Uh, we'd love to have you come back, and – Good luck on your own podcast. Thanks for letting us crash your party today. Oh, not yeah, crashing it, it, just amped it up. No doubt. Yeah. I, I asked when the uh, walked in the office a while ago, and I said, oh, they had donuts. I said, when did the party start? They said, as soon as you walked in the door. <laughs> well, thank you all much, uh, so much for listening. If you would, uh, if you're out there listening to us, please uh, subscribe to our uh, podcast and join us uh, every Wednesday is when our podcast drops. That's 4H4U2 for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for 4H4U2. For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.